Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is episode 85. My name's Luke Navarro. And I'm Mike Perna. Dude, 85, we're getting toward 100. I know, right? We're gonna have to think of something special. We will have to think of something special, though. We do have, because we do this every other week, we do have a That's little true. bit of time left to come up with something special. And knowing us, we're going to start thinking about what that special thing is right about episode 98. That's giving us credit. <laughs> However, if, if at any point, if you would like to have any recommendations for what you think we should do for episode yes, if 100... if you would like to come up with something special for us, preferably that's cheap and awesome. <laughs> that is generally how we roll. <laughs> yes. I gotta tell you, uh, a long time ago, I uh, backed on, I think it was Indiegogo, the new season of Tabletop. Oh, you were part of that. I was. I was among the people who just kind of looked at it and went, Oh, that's awesome! I don't have any money! (laughs) Well, now, okay, look. Don't get me wrong, listeners. I'm not comparing us to Tabletop. I am crazy, but not delusional, okay? That that would be a little bit foolish. (laughs) But just kind of watching, and because, folks, uh, the internal discussions on the Inroads team here, we're kind of trying to find our way, how we're going to fund this thing and all that, and uh, one of the options was... Uh, doing things like an Indiegogo or Kickstarter or Patreon, something like that. Wow, what a mess that tabletop Indiegogo is. I mean, just uh, just a mess. They months and months and months just to get the digital content. Never mind the actual physical content. So they finally get out the email addresses for the digital content. Or the uh, the personalized links, and you could sign in and download your digital content, and not even close to working. I mean, there's just no way whatever, like, you know, server they've got set up in some dude's closet is going to handle those downloads. Uh, Folks, we don't want to do that, but it just does go to show that all this stuff that we do online is hard. And, you know, thinking about, like, we've got video coming out now. We've got audio, of course. There's 85 episodes of this podcast. We've got articles coming out all the time. We've got a team growing. And, look, even the big guys can't quite do it the way that uh, they want to. So I think we're doing pretty good, man. Yeah, um, when you really think about it, the fact that I, I think when we looked at our statistics last, there are, like, thousands of people and you guys are all over the world right now, and that's amazing to us. I, that's my favorite part, is looking at the list. Now, I recognize that at least a portion of the people on that list are probably crazy hackers who just check everything. <laughs> but maybe not, I don't know. But like some of these things, it's like, wow, I didn't even know that was a country. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's cool. So, Mike, I've kind of already started beating around the bush here, but here, here's the fact of the matter, folks. We have nothing to talk about. If, if you're wondering where the news and, and awesomeness are going to be for this week, there really isn't a whole heck of a lot of it, because there's, there's sim- no news, there simply you haven't played any. any games, I haven't played any games, yeah, folks, so I think instead, maybe, Mike, you and I, we could just, like, play 20 Questions, or... <laughs> Here, here's the lowdown for those of you playing our home game. As you've noticed over the, the years we've been doing this... There there really isn't a whole lot of structure other than what games have we been playing, what are people talking about, how does this relate to faith. And and we play fast and loose with that, too. Well, we sat down and said, all right, well, what have we been playing? Nothing! I, I did come up with something. 
I have, sort of. I have been playing a lot of Ascension on my tablet because it finally came out for Android. Yeah, but that's it. You know, honestly, the only games I've played is Elder Sun on my... And, and both of them are fantastic games, but they're also both fantastic games we've talked about before. Quite a bit. They've been around for years. <laughs> so what about what other people are talking about? Nothing! Bupkiss! <laughs> there's nothing. nothing! Though, I think the fact that folks... That there's not a whole lot to talk about actually does say something. You know, we just got through Gen Con. Essen is coming up. But there's just not that headline news. Yes, there is plenty of hardcore geekery that we can get into. But things have changed, I think, over the last, you know, couple of years where we've been doing this show. It, you know, in some ways, we, we have ridden a wave on this show. When we first started, gaming was kind of... It was still a pretty weird thing to do. And then, somewhere along the way, it was the new hotness. And it was cool. But I actually think the wave is starting to crest and break now. Not so much in that emotional, social way where people think gamers are losers, but just where the whole gaming boom is losing steam. Well, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say losing steam. I don't. I don't think that's entirely accurate because there is stuff coming out. I mean, there, there's all the stuff that that we're waiting for. Uh, oddly enough, mostly put out by Fantasy Flight lately. Uh, the Armada, uh, I, XCOM. I, you you know, got look, XCOM. I, I'm out. not saying that it's dying. I'm just saying it's losing steam. It's slowing down. And I will point to a powerful piece of evidence to back my position. Okay. The vast majority of game announcements as of late have been expansions. Expansions, rethemes, stuff like that. Yeah. And, I, you know, it, this is, uh, we look back at the world of video games. Uh, you know, expansions are expansions or sequels or whatever you want to call them. Look, they make good business sense. You take a known quantity and give us more of it. Yay! Well, you, you can even you can even keep it in in tabletop as well because let's look at role playing games. And now, granted, we just have D and D five that is fresh and new, and we're making videos on it. However, let's take a look at ages past and discover that oh, like let's go with the most recent one, D and D four. D and D four came out. You get all the three books. Excellent. And then there was another book. And then another book. And then another book. And then another book. And then they announced that 5 was coming. And D&D 4 <laughs> was frankly kind of tame compared to 3.5. Right. right. Uh, but uh, you, you, you look at uh, War Games as well. The same thing, right? We're just releasing new armies, releasing new armies. We're updating the armies. You know, The it's Games this, Workshop uh, scenario. For goodness sake. I mean, how many people have been playing Space Marines revamping their Space Marine army eight times over, or whatever it is now, nine, I think, and uh, uh, for 30 years. And that's great, and that's fun, but there is a certain reality where where business does kind of take over, and a certain lack of creativity begins to enter in. Now again, not always, not across the board, not everybody, but it happens. And eventually you get 
the same Call of Duty every year forever and ever and ever. <laughs> and it just kind of burns you out. And you, you get uninterested. I'm not saying that we're there at all in board games. No, there's still there's still new stuff coming out, so you can't say that we've reached that point where we're in sequel sequelandia. Well, and I don't think we ever will with board games because of that lower cost of entry. There's, you know, there's right now you can go and if you really wanted to, you could find a thousand board games that were released like last month. Right. That nobody's ever heard of and nobody ever will. But they're there. Uh Well, and then you also have things that unless you're neck deep in the nerdery, you you don't people aren't talking about. Like I remember not that long ago, I was talking about the fact that uh, Rob Davia was coming out with Seafall, which is a game of uh, kind of using the Risk Legacy system in the fact that there are certain things that will be permanent and consistent throughout all your games. And it's a pirate game that has that, that consistency going through it, that persistent gameplay. And I remember being like, man, this is going to be awesome. This is fantastic. I haven't heard mention of Seafall other than the fact that I follow Rob Davio on Twitter. I have not heard one other person talk about Seafall. Well, I guess maybe that's another part of the the problem. Not the problem, but just the reality, the situation of board gaming right now. And that is that there's a single-to-noise ratio problem. Right. Um... There's a lot more companies out there making a whole lot more games than there was even two or three years ago. There's a reason why at Gen Con they basically doubled the size of the dealer hall. Well, and so you think about it in terms of all of these other companies that are out there, and that's fine. That's great. That grows like crazy. But you know what can't really grow all that much? Is the level of attention we can give as individuals to our board gaming hobby. Right. We've only got so much bandwidth in our life, and only so much of that bandwidth is dedicated to board gaming. And it's full, man. Well, I mean, I can even bring it down to a little microcosm in my own life. And I've already mentioned it in the past, but recently I was talking uh, myself and Marty Connell from Rolling Dice and Taking Names. He was huge talking up Netrunner before I got into it, and then I got into it. And so I started asking him about you know tips and stuff. So we both kind of went under this mutual understanding that both of us really love Netrunner like a lot. And if you listen to, you know, our perspective podcasts, you get that. Well, Doomtown came out and I got really excited about Doomtown and I started playing Doomtown and now he's starting to pick it up. He has the game and he started playing it. And so we started having the discussion of, wait a minute, both of these games are card games that have uh, a scheduled release of expansions to them. We're not rolling in money, and these companies aren't handing us cards. And so we asked the question, can we maintain both of these games? Well, are you going to play Netrunner? Are you going to play Doomtown? Are you going to play the Lord of the Rings LCG? Are you going to play the Star Wars LCG? Are you going to play the Warhammer LCG? Yeah, they just just released Conquest. They're just... There's more coming, and they just keep coming. And the fact of the matter is, we don't have the ability, the financial, time, energy ability to track it all. As it stands, I've made I've made the declaration that 
whether I follow Netrunner or Doomtown is reliant on who wants to play with me more. Both games are equal in my mind, so the decision literally comes down to who's going to play it with me. Well, and, you know, I've talked a lot about my decisions in terms of wargaming. That is exactly what it comes down to. Are there 50 wargames that I would love to have armies for and play? Absolutely. Could I do that? Not a chance in the world. <laughs> Even if, like, my rich uncle was to die and give me all the money. I don't have a rich uncle. But <laughs> if one was to show up, I still don't have the time to have all those cool armies to play all of those games. And so, you know, one of the things that I know is personally happening for me is that sometimes when you get that overwhelmed with your hobby, instead of trying to trim it down and focusing your hobby, it just gets stuck in a corner. And you just kind of, I can't handle it anymore, and just (laughs) stick it away. And I'll be honest, I've done that a bunch of times with gaming. And, you know, I kind of feel myself getting that place now. It's like, you know, I look at my wish list, and, like, there's still games on there from, like, three or four years ago. Because there's so many games, and my my financial situation is such that I can only buy so many. It's like, ah, this giant backlog. It's like, you know, inbox zero of gaming. Well, and I will say that, that we're at that point of the year where the folks over at the Dice Tower are releasing their top 100 games of all time, the, those video series. And it used to be that only only Tom would release his his list. Now, it seems like half the people on the network yeah. are coming up with their 100-game list. And so I thought, you know, maybe, you know, obviously we wouldn't do it in the same format as them because we don't steal, we just copy. <laughs> I, I said, you know, maybe we should do our own list. It wouldn't be a hundred. No, thank because like, I wouldn't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I said, I said, maybe we should do our own list. And I, I thought about it. And I'm like, man, a lot of the games that show up on consistently on a lot of these lists that people put out, not only Dice Tower, but like everybody who does top whatever lists, I haven't even had a chance to play yet because... You know, locally, I'm the guy. I'm I'm the gamer, and so I haven't been able to buy it. And if I haven't been able to buy it, it means that it probably doesn't get played around here. Like I said, it, you can become overwhelmed by that backlog. And do you know what I do when I'm overwhelmed by that backlog? What do you do? I enjoy other hobbies. Yep. <laughs> and I thought today we'd talk about some of them. So here we go, folks. Fifteen Yay, minutes, and we finally have our bag. thing ready. Grab bag. So much stuff and geekery that has gone by that we have not yet had the chance to talk about because we talk about board games most of the time. Because we talk about board games. (laughs) And uh, the first one I want to talk about, the one that's most important to me, let's be honest, uh, top three, (laughs) Doctor Who. Oh, yes. So last time we talked about Doctor Who was when we had our... The uh, the 50th anniversary. Then the whole transition and everything. And we discussed it. But since then, we have actual episodes. I think six, maybe seven. There's one today as we record. Yes, uh, this is true. uh, With the new Doctor. So we have Peter Capaldi, and uh, Clara is uh, still around. What do you think? And uh, Danny Danny Pink. (laughs) What do you think of the new 
Doctor, and, and more, and also of Doctor Who, as it currently stands in the uh, 12th, 13th, I don't know, it's hard to count. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Peter Capaldi's Doctor. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he develops, because, you know, it's really easy to have that knee-jerk gut reaction uh, when you when you get that transition to a new doctor, you're either going to love him or hate him. But it's really over time that you really start to figure out where that doctor sits. But I I'm not going to lie, I love the cantankerous Scotsman doctor that we have right now. Okay, I'm going to say something, and it's not going to be pleasant. Ready? Okay. I love Peter Capaldi as the doctor. I am madly in love with Claire. Like okay, so so what's the the unpleasantness? I think the writing on this season is just not that good. Some of the episodes are clunky and broken, and I think some of it is intentional. I think that there's been a very specific turn uh, on the styling of the show, and what I think is happening is that the writers are trying to give it the the earlier feel of uh, the Doctor. Uh, not, you know, uh, Doctor 1, but, you know, Doctor 3, somewhere in there. Um, right. And it does have a little bit more of a campy feel to me. Um, you know, whereas we, we've we had such a serious Doctor. We now get a more darker, tougher doctor, actual doctor, but the episodes are a little bit more goofy in a way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of was like, wow, what is going on with some of these episodes? Um, but, you know, I still love it. It's just, I'm not, I haven't been super pleased by these first few episodes. See, I've, I've actually thoroughly enjoyed them. Even when they were goofy. And I think that part of it is because of the fact that I've been watching since back then. I, I fell in love with the fourth Doctor. Right. So, uh, for me, it, I don't know if it's on a subconscious level or a conscious level, but I kind of like those little campy moments from time to time. I I love the fact that one of the first things that we see from the new Doctor is him romancing a T-Rex. That's, I think that's, I mean, that's crazy, right? I think that's amazing. <laughs> You've got that. You've got uh, Robin Hood in the weirdest way ever. Yes. Um, let's see. What else was in there? Which I, I know there was one episode that I was really like, what was the second episode? Uh, I, I lose track of what order I they know, show up in. I know, me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what I do like. I really like the, the character of the Doc. Oh, yeah. I like his sort of dynamic with himself, that basic question, am I a good man? Right. And, uh, you know, the boldness of Clara saying, I don't know. And uh, some of those more fundamental psychological... Uh, oh! The Inside the Dalek episode! <laughs> that was the one I was like, really? They're shrinking him and putting him inside a Dalek? Rusty. <laughs> but... So that's what I mean. It's like the, the the premise of that episode is so ridiculous, but the psychology of that episode, right, is pretty awesome. You know, oh, it's fantastic. So so I mean, it's just very different from what we've gotten.
in the past. It's way. I think that's what they. I think that's what they're going for. Way can- I do too. Yeah, but but for somebody like me who started with Eccleston, Doctor Who has been a really serious show. Mm-hmm. It's been a dark, uh, scary show, and there ain't nothing scary about this series of the Doctor. Now, you wouldn't, you don't even think, uh, what was it, Deep Breath, the one that was literally where the, the boogeyman... Yeah, that one was scarier, but, but uh, you know, just in terms of, like, I even think the way they're shooting it looks different. Oh, yeah. It, the, the way they shoot it looks campier. Uh, it looks lower budget. If you go with the premise that's, that's happening right now, as, you know, as we're recording, it, as uh, the episode is literally... All right, Doctor, in order to save the world, we might have to blow up the moon. <laughs> there you go. See, I haven't seen that episode I, yet because it's happening as we're recording. Because it's happening right now. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though. You know one of the things I really love about this series? It's going to sound stupid. Is the intro graphics. Yeah. They, like, did, they did kick them up a notch. Well, and they speak to you by the way they make those graphics. Those graphics are very retro. Yes. They feel like something from the 60s. Like a TV show from the 60s. And the, the whole show feels a little bit like a TV show from the 60s, dressed in 2000... What do we call these? The 10s? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the, the teens? Clothing. Which, by the way, he, he, he is the best-looking doctor by far. If you, look at the, if you look at the TARDIS, the inside of the TARDIS... Oh, which, I love it! The things on the fantastic. top that spin? Oh, that's awesome! Oh, yeah! It's got things that spin. It's got the little nook that basically looks like they took Sherlock Holmes's uh, lounge library area and stuck it in the TARDIS with with like old Victorian bookshelves and everything. I mean, it looks like what an older version of the TARDIS would look like. So I want to. I want you to kind of try to memory back as far as you can. Okay, and ask. I want to ask you this, especially because you've got way more experience. You've got 20 years more experience with Doctor Who than I. Right. Is it taking you longer to fall in love with this Doctor? Hmm. It's a good question. I I don't think so. For me, I, I kind of went in expecting it to be exactly how it is. Like I, I expect it. When they started talking about the fact that it was good to get the, the older Doctor again and... and Kind of the fact that they wanted to get back to this this older vibe of what the Doctor used to be like, I I kind of expected this to happen, and I have I haven't been disappointed. I I'm loving I'm loving this. I do think that as as time goes by, we're going to see more of the inner workings of the Doctor's mind, and right now we're just kind of getting little moments of like oh yes he he he's grumpy and oh yes. He doesn't like physical contact, and, you know, there's little stuff like that, but I, I do think that we're going to see more and more of that as the series goes on. But yeah, I, I love I love Peter Capaldi. I asked the question, I, I, I love him as a character and the way he's acting, but but for me, and now Eccleston is, doesn't count in this, because that's just different, because it was rebooting the whole series, and I mean, there was a lot more happening there. But both David Tennant and Matt Smith were instantly lovable. Like, you wanted to be buddies with those guys, you know? This guy, Peter Capaldi, to me, is this incredible character, but he's so distant that you're just like, okay, what is my relationship with you as a a viewer of this show? 
And that's where Clara comes in. Because she's the most lovable thing in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I, so, but in the past, my understanding is that's how it was. The doctor was less of the, the connection figure. He was always a bit more distant and we connected to the doctor through the companions. The doctor, now, I'm going to make this comparison, but it's not, it's not a, a one-to-one comparison because they are completely different characters. But I think as far as the vibe goes, this is what I think. I think the, the older doctors used to be much more like Sherlock Holmes. The, this man is obnoxious and annoying, but he is also the smartest man in the room. He will save us all. You just have to listen to him. Maybe a a good word for it was alien. Yes. And Peter Capaldi feels more alien to me than certainly Matt Smith and even Tenet, though Tenet felt more alien than Matt Smith. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what right now, as it stands, Peter Capaldi has been quicker to tell people, yes, I am an alien than either Matt Smith or David Tennant combined. They have been running from that fact. But then oh. here's Peter Capaldi, and this girl comes in this in the one episode where they're in the school. This little girl comes in, sees the TARDIS, and he goes, yeah, it's an alien. It's a spaceship. What do you want, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> and, and <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that. That's interesting. Like, like the other guys dance around it and don't want to say it and trying to blend in with the 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 quote-unquote normals but capaldi's like screw it i'm an alien i'm smarter than you and i'm here to save you now get behind me Uh, so so far the things that i have learned uh the primary thing that i've learned uh on this season is that speaking of sherlock holmes whenever mycroft holmes writes an episode it's friggin awesome yes (laughs) (laughs) so folks if you don't know what i'm talking about look it up (laughs) so We've been talking Doctor Who. I know that in all of comic fandom, you have one that stands above the rest, and that is Batman. And we now, as far as DC, as far as DC, yes, Batman is my king. Really, you have a Marvel character who's higher than Batman? I have, I have, uh, well, I have a Dark Horse character that's okay. Yeah, man, weirdo. Uh, (laughs) uh, What I. I'm sorry. Hellboy is one of the greatest characters. All right, all right, all right. I'll give you that. But I know you love Batman. We have a Batman TV show. I thought for sure it was going to suck. <laughs> I honestly haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? <laughs> I have not. I have not watched episode one. It's awesome. I think there's only been two episodes. You can probably go online and watch them. See, one thing that that I was kind of worried about, and some of the people who I've talked to that have seen the show have kind of. In a way, in that that kind of awkward, like I don't want to turn you off from this series, but yeah, that's kind of how it is. Kind okay. of vibe is I'm like it basically seems like let's get every villain and every hero that's ever been ever together and let's link them all and oh yeah, they totally knew each other when they were kids or oh yeah, they totally worked together in the in the in the Gotham Police Department. Oh yeah, Edward Nigma totally a cop formerly. Uh, the Penguin, totally, yeah, oh yeah, this dude's here, oh yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, he's the bad guy later, like... <laughs> okay, true, however, like, there's there's also a lot happening that's very vague. There's a, the villain, the main villain right now is the Dollmaker, and that's obscure, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, like, normal people don't know that, and that's... We're in Calendar Man territory. <laughs> 
And that's also another thing that I, I think is important to point out. So, uh, let's jump over to Marvel. And you're watching Marvel movies, right? There's a whole big pile of them now. Yes. And nerds catch things in Marvel movies that normals don't. And the normal, Very true. And the nerd, generally male, turns to his girlfriend, wife, whatever. And it's like, oh, this person is this and that and that and that. And this. But the normals don't care because it's awesome. They don't need to know every little detail. The details are Easter eggs. And so you, you talked about uh, Edward Nigma, the, the Riddler. Now, I guess most people would know who the Riddler is because of, uh, what's his name? The Fire Marshal Bill. Jim Carrey. Uh, thank you, <laughs> who played. But nobody, normal people do not know that that's the Riddler. That his name is Edward Nigma. Well, because... You know, I mean, th- when they introduced him, he just... I didn't notice until the second episode when he dropped another riddle on him. And I was like, wait a minute. His name's Ed. He likes riddles. Huh. That must be the Riddler. Um, so there is... So there's... But, I mean, so far there's the Riddler. There's, you know, Catwoman. Selena Kyle. Um, Penguin. And that's about it. I mean, obviously... Jim and Barbara Gordon and stuff like that. Um, But in terms of the show itself, like ignoring all the other stuff, it's a pretty decent show. Um, The two cop characters are a little bit too flat, though they're getting better. (laughs) I mean, it's only been two episodes. So, uh, but basically it's CSI and Gotham. It's CSI Gotham. That's what the show is. And, uh, you know, I mean, if they can do NCIS in every major city across the country, why don't we get a good CSI Gotham? Gotham. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. My wife and I watch all of them. <laughs> uh, the, uh, NCIS, every, the, there's three of them now. I watch all of them. Yeah. Pretty much that and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and okay. Doctor Who. That's my, that's my TV watching. Speaking of... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. Uh, we've had, what, two episodes? Oh, and they're so good. Two episodes. So first, what did you think of the final se- the season finale last year? It was crazy. The, the, and the I loved ending it. of the show. Crazy, crazy. Uh, yeah, I loved every minute of it. Now, let me ask you this. Did they plan it? Did they plan what? <laughs> All of the, the various characters going the directions they were going at the end of last year were going bad and all of that. I don't know if they did from I, the the entirety of the beginning, but they have said that uh, they were tying it in with Winter Soldier and the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that. Like, that was known from the beginning. See, I think they didn't like... Ward didn't test well. He's a terrible character. Oh, he was. And so they've had to remake him to make him even somewhat interesting as a character. Because as a hero, the first five episodes of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he sucked. And the simple fact of the matter is, Coulson blows him out of the water. Right. In every way. And so, my thought was that that Coulson was probably going to be less and less of a character, and they were going to give it more to the team. And that didn't work out. (laughs) Because everybody (laughs) just wants to see Coulson. Right. So now, though, we have a new season where they can 
start over without all of the clunkiness that came along with that first season. Here's what I will say. When the first season came out, everyone was like was complaining or oh there's not enough superheroes or oh there's you know these you know the characters are one dimensional and I remember saying it to everyone who would hear me, give it time because right now they're world building and they're playing with the characters. At some point, they are going to settle into this and it will be glorious. And I will tell you that even if you want to say they they hadn't settled into it at the end, by the end of last season, oh my gosh, have they settled into it now? Because these these episodes have been amazing. I will agree with you. Uh, I I liked the show from the beginning. I gave it a chance from the very beginning. Um, I will say there is a strong argument, and and viewers of this show do need to suspend disbelief a little bit. But this is the case with all of these Marvel movies, books and or Marvel movies and TV shows and comics and all of that. And that is, you have a giant green friend. <laughs> he can't be everywhere. <laughs> but he is nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and there are times when Hulk Smash would be really helpful. Like the dude who, you know, he can touch things and become metal. Hulk Smash. <laughs> okay? No problem. Hulk smash. That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> but, uh, so you're enjoying the new season. I, I'm definitely... I I love what they're doing with uh, Fitz dealing with the fact... Because at the end of the last season, they basically said he was... Uh, he had brain... He brain suffered dead. brain trauma. Yeah. Because he had he was Underwater his brain was deprived of oxygen, and the way that's playing out is genius. And I won't say any more about that because there might be some of you who have not seen seen. Yeah, but it's really cool. But yeah, the way they're I my wife and I are both of our jaws dropped when they revealed that, and we're just like I, I, I <laughs> well and. You know, they're they're very smart on that. I, I again, this is one of those things where I feel like they threw it against the wall the first season, and now they're seeing where everything landed because these two characters, Fitzsimmons, who probably initially were thought of as you know the goofy engineering crew characters, <laughs> um, are awesome, and we love them. And we want to know everything there is to know about them. And we want them to fall in love and get married and have little techie babies. Right? And so, you know, to make them such a center of the emotional story for this season, I think is really smart. You know, and the whole idea of the rebuilding S.H.I.E.L.D., it's good. I mean, it's a good show. And it keeps you involved until the next movie comes out. Which, yeah, that that's a big thing, too, because we're going to start getting into a, a little bit of, of craziness with the, the next Avengers movie that will be coming out. And I can't wait to see what happens with this show because it takes place within the Marvel Universe. I mean, when we start getting Age of Ultron happening and, and Ultron living in this world where this TV show happens, I, I can't wait. To see what, what this does. <laughs> uh, I did find it interesting that they introduced like a giant 
pile of new characters. I don't know how yes. many of them are going to be permanent, but they sure seem like they're going to be around for a while. Well, I was... I, I really can't say too much about this, again, to avoid spoilers, because we hate spoilers here. There's a character who is played by a very well-known person who doesn't make it out of the episode. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And I was I'm, I was I'm incredibly to what you're talking about. <laughs> I, that's why I'm I'm trying to be as vague as possible to avoid spoilers. But there's gonna come a time when you're gonna see an episode, and you're gonna say, "Wow, that's a really well known person." And yeah, it's not gonna end away. well for them, is what I'm saying. <laughs> we do have uh, we had a lot of TV, movies, video games. Are you playing any video games? Are you looking forward to any video games? The problem right now is that video games cost so much money. <laughs> and, and it's money that I don't have. But yes, there are several that I'm curious about and I, I want to play and I want to see. There are games, some of them are gorgeous that I know little to nothing about other than I want to experience it because it's just so pretty. Like The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. There are games that just look over-the-top ridiculous, like Shadow of Mordor. But then, you know, if, if you're looking through the Steam catalog, I'm really excited for the new Civilization Beyond Earth. Because I saw uh, gameplay videos of it where some of the guys I follow on YouTube uh, have been playing it. And, wow, that looks amazing and fun and interesting and a, a kind of twisting what we've come to expect from Civ games. And so I want to play that so bad. I don't have the same feelings you do. Really? I don't. Now, I haven't sat down and watched all of the playthroughs because, frankly, I just don't have time. But the whole... I don't know. To me, it just... I like Civilization because of the history. It's part of the vibe for me. See, I've never gotten into Civ games because of the history, because there's things like, uh, I've been playing a game where I've been Gandhi and I marched to take a military victory over the world. Okay, well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> you definitely have a point there. Or, 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 you know, I've been... Uh, what was some of the, the guys that you've been able to play in the past? I, I was just playing... Boudica, the warrior queen of the Celts, and I'm going for a diplomatic victory. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it just it just seems so ridiculous to me to, to, to go on the history of it because I am ripped right out of the history <laughs> when George Washington is fighting against, you know, random leader from the from the year like 500 A.D. I'm kind of like, OK, whatever. <laughs> So that's never been a thing for me. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm i really curious. It, it gives it a new angle, too, because in, in this, because you're going to space, you're basically leaving Earth to inhabit a new planet. And even then, you you have, do you dominate the planet and take it over by force? Do you go native, as it were, and try to work with the the native alien species? Do you... Try to go back to Earth, like get your strength up and then go back to Earth. There's lots of different options there. And, and the dynamic of the fact that you're not playing as countries, but as corporations, it gives it a different vibe. And I'm kind of interested to see how that plays. Yeah, so now here's my other issue. And you kind of touched on this uh, in terms of games being expensive. 
I mean, it's, when it comes out, it's going to be sixty bucks, maybe seventy, just the way it is. But three months from now, it's going to be fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> Probably. It's the way of civilization. Uh, you know, right now you can buy literally every single bit of Civ Five with every expansion there is, and there's a bunch of them for fourteen ninety nine. Every now and again on Steam when it goes on sale. It might not be today, necessarily, but it could be tomorrow, you know. It's the way of Steam. And uh, th- so, for me, it's definitely not a game that I'm going to just jump on. Which is interesting, because I've jumped on every other Civilization game. <laughs> I paid full price for every Civilization game and had them day one. Um, <laughs> As we've documented in the past episodes, where you told me that you paid 60 bucks for Civ Five, and I told you that I paid, like, 15 for it. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and so I think, for me, this is a first. Not wanting to play Civ uh, Beyond Earth. Like, moment one. Now, again, I haven't watched too many videos, and I probably will sit down and at some point type Civ into my uh, Apple TV and watch some videos and then, you know, end up spending a lot of money on it in about two weeks. <laughs> but, uh, for now, and just nothing has captured me. And and I guess that's... And, and it's interesting, because we started off this episode, right, talking about board games and sequel. Yep. And there is no game that is more sequely than Civilization. Oh, it's basically the same it's game the over and over again. It's the exact same game. They just make it more complex every time. And yeah, they just, they just add some level to it, or make it prettier, or whatever. And so I guess that's the question for me. Is this a sequel in that it's just take the same ideas, put another skin on it, and call it something else? Or is this a sequel in the sense that this is a creative new development that's going to be different and change the way we perceive civilization? And my first reaction is it's the performer. It's a reskin of civilization. Now... I know, I've read enough about it to know that that's not entirely accurate, but just in general. And until I decide, until I see whether it's a more creative experience or a reskin, I'm going to hold off before I decide. Yeah, there are times when I do that. I mean, we, <laughs> if you want to go back to board games, recently somebody got on me because I, I recently gave away my copy of uh, the game Bang, which for the long time was was a favorite of mine. I loved Bang. And in a way, I still do. I just kind of got disheartened by the player elimination aspect of Bang. Right. So recently they came out with Bang, the dice game. And I said, oh, that, that's interesting. They turned it into a dice game. That's that's a cool change that kind of has the same feel with, with being completely, while being completely different. I said, that's really cool. So then somebody told me, Hey Mike, look, they have Bang, the dice game, the Walking Dead version. And I said, no, just, I don't like the road we're on right now. <laughs> Though it probably would have been cooler than the, never mind. <laughs> if you're going to sell, if you're going to sell me a game that is just a reskin of a previous game, I already have Munchkin for that. I don't need another one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We don't need reskins. Just make them all Munchkin. <laughs> just just more Munchkin. I say that, but uh, they recently came out with Adventure Time Munchkin, and I'm, I'm probably going to own that at some point. That's funny. 
So you got civilization beyond Earth. Anything beyond that? See what I did there? Uh, beyond that, I uh, see what you did. Uh, other than that, I've just been playing Smite. I've been playing a lot of Smite because it's fun and I enjoy the heck out of it. The mythology buff in me just goes nuts every time I play it. What about the uh, the video game consoles? Are, are you... I don't own one and I don't plan on changing that. Still not tempted, eh? Nope, not even kind of. The first time I saw a game recently that uh, I went, huh, yeah, no, I'm still not buying one, but I went, huh, <laughs> which is, you know, that's progress. So what was that? Shadows of Mordor. Yeah, I see, I can get that from my PC, though, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't have one of those. I have a Mac. True. So I probably can't. I mean, you don't know. It's possible, but I doubt it. <laughs> Shadows of Mordor, it does look like silly, ridiculous, awesome. Did you ever play the... I don't even remember what... I think they may have just been called, like, Fellowship of the Ring and uh, the Two Towers and whatnot. Uh, they were kind of side-scrolly type. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. fun. I really like those, man. <laughs> so, yeah, this kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Well, this, this does come with a, an interesting storyline, and it, it kind of goes to the whole right before Sauron starts getting power again, like, the the game starts, and you're one of the rangers at the Black Gate before Sauron's forces take it back. Like, that's how the game opens. And that's kind of awesome. That is kind of awesome. I'll give you that right there. That is kind of awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's our grab bag, dude. Pretty much. It, it is a, just a, a weird conglomeration of stuff, but it's our weird conglom- conglomeration of stuff. It is, and I do think that, uh, you know, we, we can make the spiritual connections with some of the things that we're talking about here, and I think that really we can with the the kind of main concept. We kind of talked about how board games right now just aren't quite as enthralling as they were, say, two years ago. You know, when maybe Tabletop was just taking off versus the horror that is the tabletop Indiegogo. <laughs> um, tell me that doesn't happen with our faith. Happens all the time. There are moments when we're just like, I'm into Jesus, let's do this thing. And then there are moments where it's like, man, I cannot go to one more event. <laughs> I cannot volunteer for one more thing. I don't care. I'm going to just put it over in the corner and miss a couple of weeks. I, you know, and... As a pastor, I find that particularly annoying. (laughs) Uh, However, as a not-pastor anymore, I get it. And, uh, you you know, I actually think it's somewhat healthy. I talked earlier about the idea of bandwidth. And that doesn't really apply to God, because God's in all of the different pipes, so to speak. Right. However, I do think it applies to our church life. And should it? I don't know. We can have that conversation. But in a lot of ways, church is sort of like a hobby in that it does take our time and our energy and we're passionate about it. But we can also get burned out on it. And there are times that you need to take a break from that. And I think that's perfectly reasonable. Now, if you're going to take a six-month-long break, eh, that's maybe not as reasonable. That's maybe not as reasonable. (laughs) Uh, you know, if by taking a break you mean uh, I'm going to go and spend the rest of the time at bars and brothels, and that's not a good thing. 
But if, like, hey, this week we're going to go camping. Okay. I get that. That makes good sense. However, there's this thing called guilt that often comes along with church. And, um, you know, so again, as a pastor, I'm going to give you guys a pass. You're allowed to ditch every now and again. Just don't make it too often. (laughs) And don't forget to give. That's important. There you go. Wow, the the pastor really did come out in that that moment. No, it's funny because, like, uh, over the summer, we travel a ton during the summer. It's just, we we like to go places and do things. So, like, uh, we finally get back to church after uh, a summer of basically being gone the entire summer. And we sit down, and I see my wife take out her, her uh, wallet as the offering is coming by. And she's, like, rifling through, like, three or four different checks for the church. Like, she writes them every time. <laughs> Even if we're not there. Uh, she, uh, so we been just like, here's a bunch all at once. They're all dated for the wrong dates. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I definitely think that it's okay to give your hobbies your interests a break it's a little tougher when you do a podcast about it i'll I'll be honest about that but uh uh, thankfully there are always other things to catch your attention and we believe on this show that god really is in everything we do yep that you can experience god in the same way at a board game on a tv show or at a church service and even as I say that, somewhere deep in the back, right, dark, scary recesses of my mind, a little alarm's going off, like, that's not right, don't say it! <laughs> but it is right. We are allowed to experience him in every way. And so I think, yeah, you know, take some time off if you need to. Speaking of experiencing <laughs> God in uh, uh, gaming ways least you're going to be experiencing uh some good christian valued experiences coming up here while playing board games we're going to be raising money for sick kids by playing board games now what is more christian than raising money for sick kids i'm gonna leave that one alone. all right fine. so what, what what we're doing what we're doing is is extra life i've talked about it before on this podcast i've, I've blasted all facebook and twitter with it and we'll continue to do so up until the event. There's still a couple of three weeks left, so there there Lots is definitely of time to give your money. Speaking of giving, definitely some time. We take checks. Pretty much, cards. I, I have I have all the information on the inroads site. Gold doubloons. So <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely show up with a case full of gold doubloons. That would be fantastic. But the, we're we're playing for Children's Specialized Hospital of New Brunswick, New Jersey again. We currently have a team of five with. About two, I want to say one hundred. Yeah, I want to say one hundred dollars raised so far. Uh, this is is growing, and I've kind of been encouraging the team because I remember what happened last year. What happened last year was I went into the event saying we're not going to raise any money for these kids, and it's going to be a, a disheartening experience, and no one's going to want to come back. Well, last year we had a team of eight, and that. The that the last three, four, or maybe even five of them signed up the last week, and 
ninety percent of that donation of fourteen hundred dollars came that the week leading up to the event. Well, that's perfect. However, however, I'm going to encourage you. Please, 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 don't worry about waiting until that happens. Because here's here's the deal. Last year, when they gave us the number that $1,400 just about covers one kid to be in the long-term care facility for two days without having to worry about paying for it, that number became solidified in my head because that just seems like an amazing thing to me that we can give to the kid and to the family that is, you know, I always think of, of the, you know, being a parent of a kid who needs this care. So you want to do anything for this kid and to get him the care that, that they need. But then you start saying, oh, but can we, I mean, it costs a large chunk of change for long-term care. And so you're like, yes, of course we're going to get the kid our help, but, but where is this money coming from? And the family starts to get the weight of that. And if we can, for two days say you don't have to worry about that anymore i think there's nothing better than we can do for that family than to do that and so that's why our goal is 1500 this year because i want to do that again i want to be able to to have that money go to the hospital and to have some family be able to get the care they need without the added stress and worry about where they're going to get the money to pay for it so definitely go on the Inroads site. There's all sorts of links to how to get to our team page. I will probably have a link directly to our team page uh, when I post this. And if you if you have the ability to, to come out and play with us, that's great. If even if you're not here in New Jersey and you want to still play with us, because all the stuff gets handled online, you can sign up and play locally to be part of our team. It doesn't matter. Uh, we're all playing for the same goal. And if you can't come out, but you want to help support these kids and support our team, then definitely, definitely consider donating. Uh, it's an incredible thing that you guys do and that gamers get to do together. And again, just to, to encourage you, uh, you know, it's it's reasonable to assume that all of the money is going to come in at the end. That said, folks... You know, be an incredible encouragement just to the people who are already signed up, who are already working to raise money, uh, to give, even if it's only a few bucks. Uh, you know, and uh, again, maybe you guys have a gaming group, and you know, maybe you guys can't play that day or whatever, but hey, ask everybody in your gaming group to kick in a buck, and you probably have 20 bucks right there to donate. Um, lots of ways that you could do it. Uh, lots of ways you can support it. Um, find out all kinds of bit more at Inroads. You can find out how to connect with us, inroadsministries.com slash connect. Uh, new articles there all of the time. Uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about it today, but we're live playing D&T. It's up on YouTube. We've got to play our first session. There's all kinds of stuff happening. We have a new community. You'll get to hear my, my horrendous... It wasn't even a brogue this time. Now, we started playing late. And so you can definitely tell in the fact that my accent kept changing and being various dialects. Well, it was I, late. I, I do think, though, that the fact that we are playing late 
is going to be an entertaining thing for the, the fans. <laughs> I remember, I remember, cle- I remember clearly stating early on, I do a bad, awful dwarven brogue, but it's an entertaining sort of bad, <laughs> there awful <you> dwarven brogue. <laughs> there you go. So, folks, you can find on Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, definitely check out all of those things. And as always, we remind you that God is the game master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.